0: Welcome to FASD HOPE, a podcast about fetal alcohol spectrum disorder through the lens of parent advocates with over 20 years of lived experience. FASD HOPE provides awareness, information, and inspiration to those people whose lives have been touched by FASD. And I'm the host of FASD HOPE, Natalie Beckione. Welcome to today's episode. Thanks for joining us and welcome to season three of FASD HOPE. Today, we'll be having a conversation with one of our favorite guests, Lindsay Munns. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord, your God, will be with you wherever you go. Joshua 1, verse 9. Welcome to season three of FASD Hope. It is summer It is time for new things, and I am so thankful to be welcoming back two-time guest, wonderful friend, amazing mama advocate who's got so much going on, and just somebody that I have a lot of respect and admiration for because she is advocating in the trenches. So I am welcoming as our season three guest opener uh, our season three guest, Lindsay Munns of FASD Fur Fighters, FASD Florida, and so many other initiatives. Lindsay, my friend, welcome back to FASD.
1: Oh, Natalie, it's so good to be here. Thanks for having me. It's So good to sit down again.
0: And we've been talking for 40 minutes before we started
1: recording and I was like,
0: oh, we need to record. We need to start getting recording. But we, it's been It's been two years since you've been on FASD, Hope. We wanted to open season three with a bang and so much is happening in Florida. And I really just wanted to highlight the work that you and your wonderful husband, Spencer, are doing in Florida and beyond and beyond. Lindsay, let's just catch up our listeners with uh, your work in FASD advocacy and what led you to become such a fierce FASD parent advocate.
1: Oh, well, yeah, of course, um, we have four children and two of them are on the FASD spectrum. And one of them was diagnosed, um, fairly early what we, what we would consider early at the age of two and a half. And then his brother would also, um, be considered, um, an early diagnosis at age four and a half. They are twins. And so, um, they couldn't be more different, (laughs) um, in their symptoms and personalities, just like each of us are, Um, so that, you know, when we got those diagnoses, um, and we just really couldn't find the information or the help or the services out there, um, and we were feeling how hard it was, that is what led us to be like, okay, something has to be done. Like, what can we do? And we just started, started talking to people and, and the more you talk, the, the more connections are made. And, two years later, I mean, like you said, I I can't believe everything that has, um, you know, just been put in the works or come to fruition. It feels like rapid speed and slow motion all at the same time, but it does feel like there is a good energy, um, coming around FASD, at least some recognition and attention. I'm just thinking back
0: when we met, a little over two years ago, we met through this wonderful FASD mama kind of group. There was, there was a bunch of us in there. Um, And we still, we still, you know, speak with each other, but I'm thinking of like one of our first conversations and, and just, again, just the possibilities that we were talking about and, and the possibilities for advocacy and, and not only our advocacy work but our families too i mean you and i both have have shared you know our families have we're still in the trenches and we're going to talk about that in a little bit we're still in the trenches but we have come a long way you know with our families and in our learning about fasd and and you especially through the amazing education trainings that you have done before we talk about fasd advocacy in florida Lindsay, just share with our audience a little bit about the trainings and and the work that you've done to better your advocacy and knowledge in FASD, because I think this is really important for listeners to hear.
1: Oh, yeah. Um, Well, you know, we kind of just were finding all the resources we could for our own family. And a few of the things we came across was TBRI. um, And it's something that I felt when we gave it a try that it was having a positive impact. And it also, to me, made a lot of sense from a parenting approach. Um, And it also, to me, felt like it was a gospel type approach to parenting these children and all children, really. Um, You know, instead of paying (laughs) um, the session fee and driving an hour, I just thought, well, why don't I why don't I become a practitioner? And um, I'm very blessed to be a part of the Pearl Project. They're an amazing organization here in Florida. Um, who focuses on TBRI. So I am a practitioner for them. And um, I just barely actually did my first um, live trainings starting this May, and they've been really, really enjoyable. And um, it's fun to take what I've learned and spread it to others, but as well as like, it's a constant reminder to me to be training others in TBRI. It's a constant refresh for me to use on my family. So that's been beneficial for our family and for my knowledge on parenting and and hopefully I'm helping others along the way. Um, I'm also currently in the facets program. So, um, come February that will be completed and I will be the state's second, I believe, um, facets facilitator in the state of Florida. And, um, Tamara with the Florida center is an amazing facets facilitator. She's down in Sarasota, but I don't, there's nobody up here in, the Orlando area. So I'm excited to get that under my belt and just have more knowledge with that.
0: And I am like cheering in the background as Lindsay is saying this because we know, Lindsay and I both know how the FACETS model really helps our, not only our families, but our communities, anyone in touch with our kids um, really just understand that brain-based difference in disability from fetal alcohol. So I, when, when Lindsay was sharing this, she was taking the training. I was just so thrilled because I mean, it, it would be so great if each state had like, oh my goodness, this, I'm putting this out there, Lindsay, you know, when we talk and we yes. put things out there, we pray that, you know, we're planting the seed, but it'd be great if like each state in the United States had like, you know, at least two or three facets facilitators, that would just be amazing.
1: Oh, I, I would even take it to every school district. Needs a yeah. facet- Oh
0: my goodness!
1: <laughs> oh my gosh! That would be oh. amazing.
0: Yes, ah.
1: the sky is the limit with yes. facets, especially with everything we can do virtually now. It's pretty amazing.
0: Absolutely, absolutely, I love it. So let's talk about you. You've mentioned TBRI and facets and and your training, and I'm just. We're gonna have Lindsay back on the show next year when she becomes a Facets facilitator, so we we can talk about um, again. Just Lindsay is doing so much that I'm just happy to give yearly updates about you know of the amazing work that she's doing. Let's talk about the FASD advocacy and what's happening in Florida because a lot has happened in the past two years. The different kind of initiatives that that have come up, uh, in Florida with FASD?
1: Yeah. Um, um, especially here in Orange County in central Florida, um, you know, we've had a lot of movement. We were able to meet with every county commissioner and kind of just explain to them, you know, all of them are in support of the FASD respect act. Um, we've let them know that we hope that legislation gets passed on a federal level. And I think it, you know, piques their interest to hear that there's federal legislation on a topic, um, it has helped spark some interest on a local level. And, um, the governor did fund, um, a pilot clinic and he also, um, at our request, did a proclamation dedicating September 9th as Awareness Day for the state, as well as the Orange County Mayor Demings did one for the city of Orlando. Um, and, there are hopefully going to be more to come this year. I think Sarasota had one last year as well. So around the state, we're hoping to get more, um, you know, individual counties and cities giving, giving those proclamations out. Um, but we feel pretty good that we got it at the statewide level, um, from the governor. Um, that's huge to have that as a state recognized day. Um, we have, you know, had many meetings with Orange County and, they're starting to get it. Um, we have future trainings coming up with the Juvenile Justice Center, um, which we're very excited about because we know that unfortunately a lot of these kiddos end up there um, and oftentimes are on or misdiagnosed. So we want to get some training in there. We're excited about that um, this fall. And then, um, you know, we have a continued relationship with the school board and hope to keep continue getting some training in, in there. Um, you know, it's kind of like an iceberg at that level, but we're chipping away at it one little chip at a time. Um, We've had some really fun conversations with some um, prominent universities in the state and, um, you know, getting them involved, whether it's from uh, introducing this into the curriculum of the doctors, which would be amazing, or from a research standpoint. And it seems to be the couple universities that we have talked to and are continuing to talk to have different um they both have different um interests of where they want to take this and so we're in we're just talking to some some universities and um trying to get that into the universities because we think you know education is so key in all of this um at every level and so we're excited that there's conversations being had with those local universities because that could really move the needle Um, Gosh, that's um, probably the biggest um, and most hopeful thing is kind of the amendment that we're trying to have some proposed legislation to amend FASD to be included as a disability. Um, And, you know, that would mean that Medicaid would have to step in and pay for those that are on that and and provide services. And, um, you know, we feel very hopeful about it. It's the first, time, there's been legislation with bipartisan support in the state, Senator Lori Berman and Representative um, Webster-Barnaby, and we're very grateful for them um, for just listening to us and coming together on this bipartisan matter. Um, you know, it's it's legislation, and so it's amazing that it made it, you know, to the floor, and it was heard, um, and it was voted in favor of. Spencer and I were able to be there in Tallahassee with another um, Uh, Mama of kiddos with FASD and we both got to share a little bit of our story to Tallahassee and um, they all voted in favor of it you know moving forward with some modifications because clearly that's going to have a big cost effect on the state Um, so we don't expect that to get passed in its first round but we feel very hopeful in the direction that it's moving and that it was not you know swept off the table instantly. So we're very hopeful about that. And we're going to keep plugging away on that legislation. Um, and also, you know, working with our, um, net, you know, our representatives for the federal legislation as well as an ongoing process. I think we did finally get one representative, one or two from Florida. I think we got two. We have a bipartisan support here um, for the FASD Respect Act. And that's not Spencer and I, that's the whole state of Florida and all of the mom advocates and, the Florida center and everyone that's involved in this, um, the state of Florida just feels like it's, um, I mean, we're kind of just on fire right now. It feels like we've got a lot of moving and shaking going around and it feels good. And we hope that it, you know, keeps going.
0: I love that. And we're airing this right after the 4th of July. So I think my nickname for this episode is going to be fireworks in Florida because you all are just doing Such amazing work. And and Lindsay, not only are you and Spencer and all of the advocates in Florida making these wonderful initiatives and efforts and everything, but a lot of what you're doing really has a systemic effect that can ripple throughout the country and even globally. I mean, we've talked with the FASD change makers, Kat and, and CJ, and We know that they're educating medical students and university students about FASD, what you and Spencer are doing in the Advocates in Florida about talking to universities and getting that. Those are systemic changes that are so needed. And the same thing with getting Florida to recognize FASD as a a diagnosable developmental disability. We know that that's part of the FASD Respect Act, but the more states that we can get to do that and to hear that that's moving forward, Lindsay, oh my goodness, that just gives me such hope that I, I really pray that other people listening in different states can just hear what not only you and Spencer have done, but just what Florida, how it's grown in the past two years in FASD advocacy, that really just gives me so much hope. And and I look to you and Spencer now as like FASD advocate mentors. You guys are just, again, not only is yeah, your state on fire, but you guys are on fire. I mean, again, thinking about our conversation two years ago, and I think I I remember the episode. I'll put the episode in our program notes. But we talked about coast to coast advocacy, and I remember we spoke with yes. Debbie Raymond yes. over in Washington, and and you such and, a dear and-
1: it's such yes. a dear friend, such a dear. Funny because yes. I had not I had not ever met Debbie in person until yeah. coming on your podcast with her, and then um, her and I are are really good friends now. So um, know. she's amazing. I-
0: Oh, and, and so just thinking about our conversation back then and how far we've all come, I, it just, it brings me so much hope.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, really what we thought would happen in 10 years seems to have kind of already yeah, started to like happen. Like two years. So, so we're excited about it and we're exhausted from it, but. Um. Yeah,
0: I love that. And that's a good hashtag excited, but exhausted. Exactly. <laughs> Oh my goodness. So something that also gives me a lot of hope and this is this is an initiative that's been like really I think this is like uh, you know just comes from your heart initiative and I love seeing posts about this and I really want to highlight this in this episode because Lindsay and and Spencer you have this wonderful service dog organization we call FASD for fighters. You can follow it. We're going to put the social media handles and and links and everything in today's program notes. It's a service dog organization that's specifically for kids, teens, young adults with FASD, and that is huge. So if you're listening, I need you to listen to this part because we've talked about service dogs in the past, which which we know are so helpful, especially for our kids, but. A service dog organization, a service dog initiative that really focuses on FASD. That is huge. So, Lindsay, please share with our audience about FASD Fur Fighters and just, again, how that has grown in the past couple of years, too.
1: Yeah, thank you. Um, you know, I think, Natalie, that I th- now that I'm thinking back to when it started, I think you're one of the very first persons uh, um, that I talked to about it after talking about it with Spencer, just being like, is this a silly idea? And, um, you know, kind of more from an awareness standpoint, um, we had talked about that women don't always like to hear from other women on social media, um, you know, what they should or shouldn't do with their bodies and pregnancy. And so I had received some negative comments and I just thought, gosh, you know, this is facts. Um, and my mom had made the comment, I just want to see dogs and babies when I go on Instagram. And so I was like, she's right. I mean, let's use the dog then because we had, we had purchased the service dog for one of our sons and we had just seen the benefit that it had for him. And we were like, you know, it's very expensive and it's a time commitment. Um, and we just thought, but gosh, it, it can help. And what a great thing to help. And, and, you know, we know there's four paws for ability and there's so many amazing organizations out there that do donate, but none of them were FASD specific. Um, and we kind of just wanted to do that, um, for our little community and we're a little baby nonprofit, but we've placed four service dogs with individuals since we've started, um, in less than two years. I mean, I think by the time we started fundraising, we're just over a year at this point, Um, and we, the, the amazing thing is we haven't been able to do the type of events that we had planned, you know, because of the pandemic. Um, so it's been amazing to see how many people just will give to the cause of service dogs. I mean, people have such a heart for animals and, you know, I just get random donations trickling in all the time, even from my website or just my Instagram posts, even when we're not doing an active fundraiser. Um, and so, it's been really fun to, you know, go through the process and, you know, watch these individuals receive their dog and, and kind of be a part of that. it's been really rewarding to hear how they're helping. Um, and yeah, we're kind of working out the kinks as we grow, just like any, you know, new organization. Um, we do probably need to adjust some things, but we have loved, um, Love seeing others enjoy what we have been able to enjoy with our son, and having that service dog. I
0: will put all of the social media handles and contact information for FASD Fur Fighters um, in today's program notes. I love Lindsay when you post for FASD Fur Fighters. I love how you use their voice, the dog's voice, because okay, this is just totally random side note, but I love Lindsay. Will say she'll say humans, but that she'll write H-O-O-M-A-N-S. And it's just so adorable. And you're right. You know, when you read your Fur Fighter posts and you see the pictures of the dogs and you see the pictures of what they're doing and how they're, how they're so therapeutic with your kids, it just, it makes you feel good. Your, your, your mom is right on that, you know, and, and you also include very important information, you know, facts and, and, Statistics and awareness and everything. And it's in a way that is, um, yeah, like it's not, you know, it, it's just a very safe kind of way of sharing FASD information, FASD, you know, recommendations, that kind of thing. But with that sweet Voice coming from a dog. I just I love that. Yeah,
1: and you know the great thing about being on on social media with it and, and spreading it in that way is I've reached in a, a new audience. I mean, these are dog lovers, and with the right hashtags, you can get dog lovers. You can also get you know I've connected with um, therapists, social workers other therapy dog owners that have accounts for their dogs. And a lot of them are are unaware of FASC or I find some that are, and we have conversations and then, you know, it's been really great to hear these therapy dog owners be like, Oh, I didn't know that. I wonder if we have any children that I work with that have this condition. So there is a whole world of therapy dog and service dog owners out there that I think are paying attention. Um, So it's just, it's another way to reach a new audience, you know, because those of us who know we have a diagnosis in the family with FASD, um, that's what we're looking for. But I think it's also important to spread the knowledge to those who aren't thinking about it or are missing it or are under misdiagnosed. So that's kind of part of the goal there too, is to kind of reach an outside audience of, of those of us that already know we're here.
0: And again, those ripple effects of you're doing something and it's just going way beyond Florida's borders, way even way beyond you know the borders of the United States. So, uh, I love seeing that growth, and and again, I just love the tone and the warmth in those posts. It's it's just fantastic. And that FASD for Fighters is a service dog organization specifically for individuals with FASD. That's to me, is such a huge resource. So again, we'll be sharing all those links and and, um, information in today's program notes, as well as on our social media posts. Now, here's another exciting thing that's happened. Um, There is a new FASD pilot clinic in Orlando, Lindsay. This is huge. Let's talk about this.
1: Yeah. I mean, wow. We're so grateful for it. Um, it took so many moving parts and people to bring it together. And it started uh, probably four years ago with a conversation, um, with a neurosurgeon at the Orlando health hospital. And he listened to us and, you know, he, he kept listening to us and it was, you know, it was four years of you know, every couple months we'd get together either in his office or at dinner, um, just talking about this. And he went and studied this, I believe, um, and, you know, fully admitted, like, I can't believe I'm a brain surgeon and I, we did we don't, we're missing this. And so I, you know, by the grace of God, he listened to two distraught parents, you know, and took the time and, um, recognized that, yes, this is real even though he admittedly does not know much about it and we're going to try to do something about it. And so forever, forever grateful to Dr. Samir Baba at Orlando health for listening to us. Um, and then, you know, we, we kind of connected Orlando health in the Florida center and then they were able to, with state funding that we helped procure, um, with everyone involved, um, orange County was involved, the hospital, Florida center, um, we all were able to get that funding for this pilot clinic and it, you know, I can't remember how many evaluations will have been completed in the six month pilot that we've been able to have. Um, but it has been so amazing and all the feedback we've, we've received has been amazing. Um, the Florida center being in Sarasota is such a great resource for the state of Florida, but it's, it's a couple hours from me. and, And then there's a whole stretch of Florida that's way North of me. So, um, it, my boys were able to go through reevaluation at the clinic. And so we got to experience it. Um, and I think they did a phenomenal job, um, of putting it together and, um, we're excited and hopeful that, you know, this will continue in the future that the pilot will pro- prove that it's a needed program. And I think that, um, there are people saying that there's now a wait list for the Orlando evaluations because we've run out of those pilot clinic funds. So, Hopefully, we're going to prove that that need is there and that, um, you know, I've spoken to many of the individuals who have been through clinic and just how grateful they were to be able to get that diagnosis. Um, So, we're so grateful to the Florida Center and Orlando Health for for partnering together and and making that happen. And we we hope that it um, is just the starting point of, you know, something to continue um, in Orange County.
0: Fantastic. Fantastic. I I keep saying that a lot. It just, I'm so blown away, Lindsay, by thinking of our conversation two years ago and now just all of this wonderful action and wonderful, just everything that's happening in Florida, you and Spencer and the Florida advocates have really just, you're making so much, you're creating such a wonderful community for families of, you know, kids, individuals that have an FASD, not only through supports and services, but just by letting people know that you're there and you're walking the same walk that we're walking. So, so speaking of which we're going to get real now because Lindsay and I, you know, gosh, we probably message each other. I would say on the average about once a week, sometimes much (laughs) more depending on the. (laughs) <laughs>
1: Depending on how everyone's doing, you know, or not. That's doing. right. Depending
0: on you, how your crew and my my crew are doing. So, um, now we're gonna get real. Lindsay and I both, and and I think we're both very honest about this to you know our advocate friends and to uh, definitely to our families and people who who listen to us. Um, our families are both very much still in the trenches in different ways. You're in the trenches with littles. And I remember those days. I remember those days so much. And you, you have that knowledge and that information. So, and you're gaining more. So like you're doing what I wish I would have done, you know, 15 years ago. We're in the trenches in a different stage, you know, because this whole, okay, semi-interdependent, you know, although, you know, we still get phone calls several times throughout the night, you know, that kind of thing. And then like the crisis, we talk about the one thing that Lindsay and I, we just really help each other out is with these crises moments, mine, hers, ours. And it's so we feel very broken on this journey. We we've shared that with each other. We feel very very broken on this journey. However, we both keep advocating in our respective ways. You and the amazing work that you're doing, us through FASD Hope and and through other initiatives. Why is it so important for parents? We hear a lot. You and I both, respectively, hear a lot from parents all over the country. Actually, all over the world, probably, and parents often look to us for answers and we don't have answers honestly <laughs> you know we don't have answers we we just try to point people in the right, right direction we don't have answers we're still in the trenches we still have days that we feel very broken however we still move forward we still advocate we still fight why is it so important for parents grandparents caregivers anybody who want to advocate in FASD? Why is it important to do it, even though they're still in the trenches like us?
1: You know, for me, and i I've, I shared this with you personally. Um, for me, it's it's God God puts it on on my plate, and so um, I can't walk away from that personally. That's my answer, but to, you know, our families and, and anyone else out there that that might not be their answer for. Um, we need you. We need your help. Um, quite plain and simply, our children need your help. This is for not only our children, but the other individuals on the spectrum, the future children on the spectrum that are going to need this. Um, we need this to be recognized. We need this to not be a shameful topic um, with stigma attached to it. We need it to be you know, it it is more prevalent than autism. So it needs to be recognized just as much, if not more than autism, because it's more there than autism. So we're, we're just baby grass in our grassroots movement right now, but um, we need, we need you and our children need you. And um, that's my plea. And, you know, just, just share your story with, with who you're comfortable. and, And that's, God has taken our story and connected us to people that I never could have imagined, you know, being connected to that have just really continued this advocacy and connected us to the next dot. And it's really like a dot to dot and God is making those connections. And if we're not talking about it and being honest about this life and this journey and the realities that, um, we face as a family and our children face, you know, living with a disability, if we're not honest with that, um, there's never going to be any solutions or help. And right now, all I can say is oftentimes I hear a lot of us saying there's no help for us. Um, And I know I often feel that way. And so that's why we keep advocating. And we have to make the help.
0: You and I have told, we've shared that, you know, we have to create this help we because it, and we found you know having a son now who's a young adult there are no there's nothing out there so we have to literally like you know come up with the resources to say okay here's how we educate someone new about FASD or here's here's something that will make be a good fit so so often not only do we need you, and I love that, Lindsay. Thank you. Thank you so much for sharing that. We we need you to advocate whoever is listening to us, but we also, we need to make new solutions where there are none. You know, we have some solutions here and some solutions there, but we need to make it bigger. And and I love how you say, We, we really need to connect those dots because that's also, that's kind of like a good comparison with Getting an FASD diagnosis. We know our kids have all these different, you know, acronym alphabet soup diagnoses, but then when we know there's an FASD, then all those dots are automatically connected. It's the same thing with advocacy. We get out there, whatever you can do, you start connecting dots and I think for us too, you feel less isolated because you and I both know that this is such an isolating journey.
1: Yeah. And and, and I am most grateful and we might have to pause. We're going to have to pause.
0: So, so funny thing, Lindsay's kids all came in while we were talking. So we had to pause and, and, but again, you know what? This That's life. FAST life. This yeah. is life
1: there's no controlling certain things and nope. they want mom, nope. they want mom. So exactly. You exactly.
0: I apologize for that. <laughs> exactly. But to have others know that we're on this journey with them, you know, and that we need your advocacy. I, I really think that those are just huge points to take away from, from this plea, this call to, okay. Call to action, Lindsay, here we go. We just, need more family advocates. I know you feel burnt. You feel broken. You don't know what to do. But honestly, becoming a parent advocate is going to not only help the FASD community, but it's going to help you. It really is. Because I would have never met you if I had not become an FASD parent advocate. I would not have met all of the wonderful you know, I, I like to call mom, mama bear advocates, you know, um, if, if John and I never did this venture. So
1: yeah, I feel the same way. I mean, just having connected to you and everyone that we have has just been such a blessing. And, um, you know, you know, w- whether it's your place of work or your neighborhood or your flag football game, you know, when you're kind of like, Oh, well, like we, you know, we, we're not going to, sugarcoat or hide, um, the realities, um, this is our reality and people are seeing it. And, um, you know, at work there, we offer a scholarship each year from the firm, um, which that deadline is June, I believe. So, um, you know, that's something we're trying to do for any individual on the spectrum or going into the profession that would deal with maybe someone that might be on the spectrum. Um, Spencer's kind of changing his career around a little bit to, um, you know, be more available, not only to our family, but to advocacy matters. And, you know, we want to, where it was never really a focus of the law firm, you know, over time, we want to get, um, um, practice area set up that can help individuals. Um, so we're, you know, where there's going to be a criminal defense, um, conference held at the firm for, the local, um, you know, judges and attorneys and all that so that they can get educated on this. So, um, you know, we, we talk about it wherever we can. Um, and maybe we talk about it too much, but that's really like, that's our life. And there's not an area of our life that isn't touched by FASD that it does not affect. Um, so, that's where we're at. We just keep talking and, and, and those dots keep getting connected. So. Yes.
0: Yes. So true. So true. So we're wrapping up this amazing conversation. I'm nicknaming it FASD fireworks in Florida because that's what's happening. Um, Lindsay, how can people follow support, you know, just, just be, um, a part and, um, just, follow what you guys are doing, not only with FAST for Fighters, but with the other initiatives. Please share away.
1: Yeah. I mean, we do have an Instagram for FAST for Fighters along with our um, website. It's org. It is a nonprofit 501c3. Um, and then you can reach me by email through there. And then, um, you know, I do have the FASD.Florida Instagram, and I will post statewide updates there. Um, they're a lot less frequent, just because they're we're working behind the scenes, so that account is a lot um, less active, I would say. But for anyone um, you know in Florida or in the state of Florida, the Florida Center is also you know a great support group and um, community to be a part of. Um, and I feel like that team and and the Florida team, along with all the buy-in we've had from Orange County, thanks to Lucas Boyce um, and Tom Hall, um, I, I feel like there's just a lot of real, really good potential there.
0: And Lucas is one of my favorite people in the world, too. We both, Lindsay and I were talking before we started recording, um, we're both just so blessed to know, to know Lucas. He gives us hope. He really does. As yes. as as mamas, um, he, he gives us a lot of hope. So shout out to Lucas. So Lindsay Munns, my dear, dear friend and and fearless, fierce mama bear advocate. Um, As we wrap up this conversation, we know that there are a lot of listeners out there who are in the shoes that we were in five years ago, even two years ago. What words of hope can you share with them from this journey that we're on um, just so that they can keep moving forward?
1: one thing that's really been helping me a lot lately on this journey is kind of the analogy of a bicycle ride. And, um, you know, you can take a bicycle ride and you might see all kinds of things along the way. You might see some roadkill, uh, you might see some beautiful flowers, whatever it is. Um, there, are, you know, there are going to be beautiful things and hard things along that bike ride. And that's, uh, comparing that to this journey. Um, I would just say keep pedaling, because if you look down or you look back at that roadkill and those hard days and those hard, hard, hard things that we sometimes go through on a daily basis. Um, if we, if we keep looking down or back, we're going to crash on our bike. And so that's really been helping me just keep looking forward, keep pedaling. Maybe it was the worst day to date in your family's like journey. Um, but guess what? At the end of the day, you have to keep pedaling forward and keep your eyes moving forward. And how do we get through this? And um, we're all okay. We're all, you know, going, you know, to have some side effects from this probably, but we're, we're okay. And to remember that we, we keep pedaling forward and we don't, try not to focus on, on looking back or looking down, um, or looking too far ahead, you know, even, um, cause that can cause some worry and stress. So trying to just look in your direct immediate, you know, peripheral view to keep moving. Um, and that's helping me get by day to day when things are really, really hard.
0: Fabulous hope takeaway. Lindsay Munns, my dear friend, fierce mama advocate and mover and shaker in Florida. Thank you so much for coming back and helping me kick off season three of FASD Hope.
1: Thanks for having me,
0: Natalie. Thanks again for listening to FASD Hope with Natalie Becquion. If you like our show and want more information, check out fasdhope.com or please leave us a five-star rating and review and follow us on Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure you join us again next week and remember to be informed, take care, and always have hope.